Welcome into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. BYU and Utah set to do battle on the hardwoods tonight at the John M. Huntsman Center up in Salt Lake City. We'll preview that game and talk with BYU swingman Zach Selyus. I had a one-on-one conversation with him. We'll get to on today's edition of the podcast. Also talk a little bit about BYU's offense and their maddening inconsistency. We'll talk a little bit about that as well as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we normally do. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union, as well as our good friends over at Audible. We'll tell you about both of those companies as the podcast rolls on today. With the rundown out of the way, let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for December 4th, 2019. Hi guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, and welcome on into your daily podcast, all focused on BYU sports. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU news, opinion, and insider information that you cannot find anywhere else. And thanks again for downloading this podcast. It's available everywhere podcasts are to be found, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, the Himalaya Podcast app, Pocket Cast, just to name a five or six different platforms, but there are literally dozens more of podcast apps that you can listen to this podcast on. So thanks in advance for downloading this show each and every day. Let's start off talking some BYU football. How about that? BYU obviously comes off a disappointing 13 to three loss against the not University of San Diego State, San Diego State University, excuse me. And this honestly, rewatching that game, I, I went off on it on Monday's edition of the podcast. But I've kind of been thinking about it all week long and just the maddening inconsistency when it comes to BYU's offense in particular. And I just looking at that and talking with some people, just spitballing, not talking with insiders per se, just spitballing different ideas off people I normally talk to about BYU sports. A lot of them talked about the fact that BYU just is completely inconsistent when you expect them to be consistent. Hopefully that makes sense. I know that it's probably an expression that shouldn't be used, but I hopefully that comes across right. When you expect BYU finally to be hitting their stride and becoming a consistent team, especially on offense, that's when it seems to hit the skids and they have issues. I've seen this pointed out a couple of times. I think Brian Keel brought this up and a couple other people. Only four times in the past 20 years has a college football program, a team, put up over 400 yards of offense in a football game and only come away with three points four times. And guess what? BYU's got two of them. Uh, Once it happened against UNLV, I believe in 2003, and then obviously this past weekend when BYU fell at San Diego State. And I completely get BYU fans' frustration with this because you would expect BYU, after playing as cleanly as they did, the first team offense in particular, the week before against UMass, and let's not compare UMass's defense with San Diego State's defense. I feel like San Diego State's defense was the second best defense BYU faced all year long, and I'm including USC, Tennessee, Washington. I think Utah was the best defense BYU faced all year long, and it's not surprising that the Utes are knocking on the door of the college football playoff, but San Diego State absolutely dominated BYU on the defensive side of the football. 
Now, BYU did put up yards, but they absolutely killed themselves in terms of injuries and the like. It just wasn't uh, the it just wasn't the type of performance you expected after they looked so clean the week before against an overmatched UMass team. You would have expected BYU to put points together, but when they got inside the red zone, particularly inside the 10-yard line, things seemed to fall apart. And this has been an ongoing issue with BYU, especially with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I don't know exactly what's going on if he has bells going off in his head, and I'm not not trying to denigrate Zach Wilson per se, but when it comes down to defending the, the red zone, defenses have an advantage because the field gets so much smaller. You don't have to worry about having to cover a guy on a streak in terms of being a cornerback. As safeties, you can not you don't have to necessarily drop as deep. You just have to just essentially fan out and cover your zone if you're in zone coverage. It makes it tougher for programs to score when they're in the red zone. But guess what? Good execution will beat perfect defense and BYU, they're not executing in the red zone. A couple years ago, I believe, under Bronco Mendenhall's tenure, there was a season where they were struggling inside the red zone, and Brandon Doman used to come on uh, DJ and PK in the morning and talk with David James and Patrick Kinahan, the show I produce on a daily basis on the Zone Sports Network. He, he talked about that season in particular, and I'm forgetting which season he referred to, but BYU struggled inside the red zone. It might have been one of the two years that Brandon Doman was the offensive coordinator for the Cougars, but he brought up the fact that when they were struggling with that, they spent weeks literally practicing and making red zone execution on offense a key part of their practices and he said it improved greatly after that I'm not saying that BYU is not practicing their red zone scoring etc in practice but I do believe that they could be more consistent if they were to make that more of an emphasis hopefully that comes off as being um, what I intended to be BYU needs to focus on execution in short yardage and short field situations. And short field I refer to as that 20 yards and in the 30 yards and in the scoring zone, as I like to call it. A lot of people like to call it the red zone. I like to call it the scoring zone. I don't know. I have weird thoughts on how things in football go. You guys probably know that by now if you've listened for any length of time. But I feel like BYU should make that more of an emphasis. One other thing that's affected BYU's consistency this year, injuries, plain and simple. For the second year in a row, BYU's have been absolutely hammered at the running back position. You had two guys you looked at that felt like, okay, these are going to be the bell cow running back, the guys that can be the lead running back in Tyson Williams and Sione Finau. And guess what? You lost both of them to ACL injuries. Emmanuel Asupa, another guy you were hoping that could be a consistent option for you as a graduate transfer, he hasn't played the latter half of the season as he deals with a recurring foot injury that apparently is probably going to keep him out for the rest of the year. And essentially end his college career on on a down note. I'm not holding anything against Lopini Katoa. I'm not holding anything against any of the other running backs on BYU's roster. Jax McChesney, uh, Tyler Algier, who's made their move back from linebacker to running back. But BYU's been absolutely hammered at running back. Quarterback injuries have absolutely hurt BYU. You've played three quarterbacks once again. It feels like for another year, in, it seems like a decade since BYU's had any consistent seasons with a quarterback starting the whole year. I know Taysom Hill had one season where he went the distance, but 
BYU essentially, their backup and third-string quarterback should expect to play at some point in each season, it looks like, for the foreseeable future. And that's unfortunate. And even the offensive line hasn't been immune to this. They've lost two of their starters to his season-ending injuries, essentially, in Kiefer Longson and Tristan Hodge. And both of them were your two stalwart guards. I felt like BYU had consistent guys at tackle, center, and the other, so left tackle, center, and right tackle this year. They've had that consistency there, but their guard spots have been a revolving door. So the the fact that BYU just hasn't been able to stay healthy on offense, and I don't mean to come off as, a, as an apologist here, the inconsistency on BYU's offense can be chalked up to a myriad of factors. The good news is, is BYU's getting back to practices this week, getting ready for their bowl game. They will utilize all 15 of their practices they're allotted before the Hawaii Bowl on December 24th. And the hope is you can get some guys healthy. The hope is you also can work on some of the things that have been affecting your offense. Like I said, red zone offense. Work on it. Execute. Go ones versus ones. I hope Kalani Sitake makes his first team offense, go against his first team defense, and says, guess what? You need to score on these guys because anybody you play in this upcoming game is going to be as good, if not better, or maybe just slightly less than this defense you're going to face that you faced in practice all year long. BYU needs to work on their consistency on the offensive side of the football. Things you can control, execution in the red zone. Things you can't control, injury bug. It, it just it happens. I know that people want to blame strength and conditioning. ACL injuries, there's nothing you can do strength and conditioning-wise that I'm aware of. And if you guys do know anything that helps with that, feel free to reach out. But there are injuries that hit that you can do nothing to prevent. You can pre- prevent things like sprained ankles by and large if you have the right training regimens and guys are taped up, etc. But ACLs and the like are tough to gauge and, and prepare for, and they affect football programs. So BYU, the inconsistency, while it's maddening, I completely get it. There are things they can control, and here's hoping during this upcoming bowl practice session, they have a few weeks to get ready here, they work on what has been affecting them, and they can avoid that ignominious stat of being two of the four times in the last 20 years that a program, a college football program, put up over 400 yards of offense, but only managed a paltry three points in a loss. So there you go. BYU, as they get ready for this bowl game, has a lot to work on. We'll switch gears, talk some BYU basketball here in just a minute. Catch up with Zach Selyus. Had a fantastic one-on-one conversation with him. We'll get to here in just a moment. Love talking with him. You're going to love hearing about his mustache. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys that Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial right now. You can choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA to check out this offer. Listening on the go right now, if you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this offer and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, guys, BYU basketball is back in action tonight as they take on their rival, the University of Utah, at the John M. Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. Tip-off in this game set for 6 o'clock Mountain Time. You'll be able to catch it if you can't make it out to the game on the Pac-12 network. Hopefully you have that in your cable TV package, or you can find a place to watch it, a sports bar, etc. But it's an interesting game tonight overall, in my opinion. Utah comes into this having split their last four games. Uh, they're 2-2 two and two over the last four after a a 3-0 start to the season. BYU, who plays Nevada next week, Utah actually beat Nevada on the road to open the season 79-74. They also had that 143-49 uh, 
record win over Mississippi Valley State earlier this year. But as the struggle, as the, as the schedule, the tried to put strength of schedule together, struggle. Yeah, that was good. But as they try to put the, um, as the schedule's gotten better for Utah as this season rolls along, they've struggled a little bit more. And BYU to date might be the toughest opponent. BYU, uh, no, BYU to date might be the toughest opponent that Utah has faced. Excuse me, I am struggling with this segment, but uh, it's going to be an interesting contest tonight. Utah, very young program overall. Uh, Timmy Allen is their lead player, uh, forward at six foot six, two hundred and four pounds out of Mesa, Arizona. He's a sophomore. Then I really enjoy watching Allen play. I think he's a very talented player. He's averaging nineteen point four points per game in just under thirty two minutes on average. Booth Gotch, their second leading player, second leading scorer, twelve point nine points per game. Uh, he aver- he's playing an average of just over twenty eight minutes a game. And Rylan Jones, a freshman from Olympus High School. Anybody who watches high school basketball here in the state of Utah knows how good Rylan Jones is. He's off to a hot start for his freshman campaign with 11.1 points per average. And then Riley Batten is the only other Ute averaging over 10 points a game. He's got 10.1 points per game. Both Timmy Allen and Batten are averaging over 6 rebounds a game. Batten right at that mark. Timmy Allen 7.7 rebounds. So this will be an interesting contest. BYU has a lot of senior leadership on their squad and they have played in this game multiple times in multiple venues. They played at the Vivint Smart Home Arena last year. They've played in Provo. Zach Sellers, who you're going to hear from here in just a minute, has played at the John M. Huntsman Center and lost that game once before. And you can expect that Larry Kraskoviak and his staff are going to have the Utes thinking, you know what, this could be a real springboard game for us. I feel like BYU is feeling the same way about that. If you listened, yesterday's, listened to yesterday's podcast, Yoli Child said, all I care about is winning the game. You heard Mark Pope, he was more adamant, hey, this is more than just a game. I'm all in all the time. It's a rivalry game. I'm excited for this. And I think this is going to be a fun contest. The John M. Huntsman Center is a fun venue to take in a basketball game if you have not been up there to the University of Utah to take in a basketball game. It's a great venue. I'm expecting the fans will be into this one, and it should be a fun contest. As I mentioned, I had a chance to catch up with Zach Selyus yesterday, actually Monday, excuse me, after BYU basketball practice. We talked a lot about facing off against Utah, his growing up in what he termed Ute country, and also a little conversation about his mustache. So here you go. Zach Selyus, BYU forward with myself right here on Locked on Cougars. Last year, Yoli Child's obviously had a big dunk against Utah. You just had a good game overall. What are your memories of that matchup? Um, that was a fun game. You know, it's always fun. You're playing against a rival. We were at Vivint Arena, and so it was a fun atmosphere. Um, I mean, everyone talks about Yoli's dunk, but everyone forgets about my dunk. You know, it was. I thought mine was cooler, but that's all right. Um, but it was a fun game. Uh, it will be fun this year to be able to play at their arena mm-hmm. and to switch it up. And so it will be – it's always a fun rivalry. You're a kid who grew up in this state. This rivalry, I think, is taking a little bit of a backseat to the football rivalry, if that makes sense, yeah. over the previous few years. But what's it like for you having grown up here and playing in this game? It's it's fun because I grew up in that U- little yeah. country up yeah. there and you know all my neighbors and everyone around my family are Ute fans and you know we had a U stained into our grass and so it's it's a fun robbery it's fun to be able to kind of go at their fans a little bit and you know and they're going to come right back at us and it's just fun you know it's 
it's like going out to North Carolina and having that North Carolina Duke. It's you know, it's all of those kind of big robberies, and it's fun to have it in state and to be right in the middle of it all and to have such a great game, especially with a good BYU team, a good Utah team, and it'll just be a fun year. Correct me if I'm wrong, this will be your first time playing in the Huntsman Center? No, this okay. is my second time. Second time, okay. Okay, so your previous experience up there, what was it like? Uh, we ended up losing, so yeah, okay. it wasn't yeah. a great experience, but it was fun. You know, it's such a great atmosphere. Their fans are awesome, you know, and it's going to just be such a great game. You're going to get the best out of them every single time, and you know, we're going to bring our best, and it's just going to be a battle from the start, and it'll be so fun, and we're just going to get heckled the entire time, and it's awesome. It's a great atmosphere up at the Huntsman. Coming off of the Maui Invitation, you guys played Virginia Tech, Kansas. Can that help you guys going into a pretty highly charged game like this? For sure. You, know, you have great talent that you're going against. It's a season-building games yeah. where you're able to see where you're at, see how your team is molded throughout the preseason, and see where it's going to take us. And now you have Yoli back, and so it's going to be even building upon that. And so it, it's awesome to have that tournament in our back pocket. What's it like for you personally knowing Yoli's going to be back on the court finally? It's awesome. It's having your brother back. Yeah. You know, it's it's someone that we can have to help our team, especially with the run that we've been making without him. And so it'll be awesome to have his addition. We've seen you playing some of the interior roles with him out. With him coming back, is your role change at all? Um, no. no it's, it's just to back him up, do everything that Coach Pope wants, and to be able to just win games. You know, that's all we care about is winning games. It doesn't matter who's out there mm-hmm. or who it is, but BYU's going to go out and try to win the game. Yoli, what's it like having a teammate like Zach? Man, he's just he's really the GOAT. He can shoot. He can drive. You know, the stash really intimidates the other team. There's just so many, so many great qualities. The highlights, there's just... I could go on and on, man. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Okay, I wanted to ask you about the stash. Of course, we saw the video with him and Jay Bielis and talking about the beard card and everything. And during the game, I don't know if you, have you seen this where they, he asked the question, well, does Celius have to have a mustache card? It, no, I don't need a mustache card. It's not a beard, and so I can have it. <laughs> At least, hopefully the honor code will let me have it. But I'm pretty sure it's it's legal. But <laughs> Did you hear that exchange, though? With Yeah, <laughs> I heard it. Yeah, so... It's, I love it. I yeah. think the mustache is great. My family and my wife does not like it, Okay. but I don't care what they think right now. What, so, what about the pairing with the hair, Dale? It's awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's just a little nude style, and <laughs> hopefully it trends on, but if it doesn't, who cares? You know, It's just it's just my new style. So, Kate, okay, can I ask, what was the inspiration to grow? Was it No Shave November? What was the whole inspiration? Um, the, th- it was, the inspiration was Coach Shork. Okay. Uh, he grew out right, his yeah. mustache, yeah. Uh, got injured in Italy, uh-huh. and so basically my whole time in the preseason while everyone was practicing was I was working out with Coach Shork. Okay. And so we came to the conclusion that I'm going to grow out the mustache. It's a healing mustache. It healed my foot, and I'm here now, and so I'm keeping it in honor of Coach Shork. <laughs> Zach, thanks so much. Thank you. There you go. The healing power of the stash. It's a homage to Eric Shork, BYU strength and conditioning coach, who Celius worked with pretty diligently to get back from that foot injury that he suffered in Italy. The good news is, is he suffered no ill effects. In talking with him after we turned off the record, he says he's been full go since the bone break was uh, fixed with the screw that they put in there, etc. He says he's felt no ill effects from it. But you heard him say, the healing powers of the stash. And there was another member of the BYU staff that was standing nearby after he concluded that interview that walked 
by and said, I have never heard the terms healing powers of a mustache ever used ever. And you heard, and Zach chuckled about it. He's like, but it really is something that he enjoys. His family hates it. His wife hates it, but he believes it's helping him out. And we'll see how long that mustache lasts. I think he's got a great look. It's a unique look. Obviously, Jay Belis uh, brought that up with that whole beard card conversation he had with Yoli Childs during the Maui Invitational. Does he need a mustache card for that? Made me chuckle. So it was a great conversation. And thanks to, thanks to Zach Selius for joining me here on the podcast. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. A lot to get to. Uh, awards handed out on the BYU women's volleyball front from the West Coast Conference as they get ready for the NCAA tournament this coming weekend. We'll talk about those here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute and talk to you once again about our title sponsor on the podcast, and that is our good friends over at Deseret First Credit Union. You guys have heard me mention this over the past month or so. I'm currently in the middle of a refinance for my own home, and I was terrified of doing it. My wife has been making fun of me the whole time we've been going through this because I finally just pulled the trigger on it. I was worried about the paperwork, how much time it would take. I felt it was going to be a major hassle. And to be honest with you guys, now that we're looking at the light at the end of the tunnel, we're about to close on that loan. It has been a pretty painless process, and I've really enjoyed it. And guess what? We're lowering our payment, and that's what it's all about. Deseret First Credit Union, they want you guys, they want to help you guys out consider refinancing your home loan to save some money and put it right back into your pocket. As they say, refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything, and with rates still low, now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep that money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinance from Deseret First, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month. The DFCU mortgage team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Whether it's your first home, you're looking for your dream home, you've got investment properties, regardless of where you're at in your life and your financial situation, Deseret First will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Give them a call, 801-456-7070 or visit dfcu.com to apply in just five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC, terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. As we close out today's edition of the podcast, wanted to run down real quick how women's volleyball made out with all WCC awards earlier this week when they were announced. And as a team that's the number 14 seed in the NCAA tournament, you would expect that they earned a number of awards, and that's absolutely what they did. BYU senior outside hitter McKenna Miller was named West Coast Conference Player of the Year, while senior libero Mary Lake was named WCC Libero of the Year. The conference announced Monday. They were along with three other teammates, five total Cougars named to the all W. CC first team, uh, having Kennedy Eschenberg, Whitney Bauer, and Heather Knighting join Lake and McKenna Miller on that first team. Uh, Bauer and outside hitter Kate Grimmer were also named to the All WCC All Freshman Team. Excuse me. Uh, so congratulations to all of those players. It's awesome to see women's volleyball making a run here. They now prepare for the NCAA tournament beginning this Friday when they take on New Mexico State at seven o'clock Mountain Time. University of Utah is playing in that pod with BYU. And it favored to advance against Illinois. So we could have a rivalry showdown Saturday night at the Smith Fieldhouse for the opportunity to advance to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Should be a fun weekend of volleyball. If you're looking for something to do this weekend and you don't necessarily have a lot on your plate, get out to the uh, Smith Fieldhouse. Enjoy it. It should be a lot of fun. BYU is favored, obviously, as the seeded team, the 14 seed in the NCAA tournament to make it to the Sweet 16, but they will have their work cut out for them because New Mexico 
Mexico State, 27-3 and on the season. That's nothing to sniff at. University of Utah's had a really resurgent year. They won a number of All-Pac-12 awards as well. So, BYU will have their work cut out for them if they want to make a return trip to the Sweet 16, Elite 8, etc. this coming season in volleyball. But I'm not counting them out. I think Heather Olmstead's team is very much a contender regardless of where they're seated. They have proven that they can make a run in the NCAA tournament. They've got the talent for it. And here's hoping that players like Mary Lake as well as McKenna Miller winning WCC Libero and Player of the Year respectively can lead BYU to another deep run in the NCAA tournament. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the show. It is brought to you today by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union, as well as our good friends over at Audible. Check out both of those companies and all other Locked On Podcast sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. They have fantastic offers up and down the board. You guys can check that out there. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really does help get the word out about us. And also follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you so desire to follow me there, is at Jacob C. Hatch. And obviously, if you'd like to drop the show a note via email, we do have an email address, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Questions, concerns, you want to advertise with the podcast, please reach out. We'd love to hear from you, love to talk to you, and help you out any way that we can. Thanks again for joining us. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 4th, 2019.